Welcome to Positivity Strategist, a podcast that injects a good deal of optimism and possibility into your life at home and at work. Conversations with thought leaders and everyday people shine the light on what works and amplifies those everyday micro moments of positivity, irrespective of what else is going on. You'll be energized by lots of practical tips, inspiring you to live a truly satisfying and meaningful life. This particular episode is time sensitive. Hurricane Irma passed over our part of Florida a couple of weeks ago. Ada put a standstill to most activities here for almost two weeks. There was the anticipation pre-hurricane with all the uncertainty that that brought and the energy that was expended leading up to it about what might happen. Then there was the event itself, a long weekend of waiting. And then post the event, settling back to life as normal. Yes, this is Positivity Strategist Podcast and I'm Robin stratton Kessel. And I'm, as always, I'm so glad that you've been able to join or to listen in to this episode. A few days before the hurricane, and this is Hurricane Irma, a colleague asked me what thoughts I had about the possibility of our town in Florida being severely impacted. We were directly in its path, even as those spaghetti lines kept changing. The curiosity and the genuine interest was around what was I planning to do if that happened. And I didn't hesitate to reply. I simply hadn't thought about what I would do after the hurricane. As days before, I was so focused on the present, taking each hour as it happened, and what, after, what would happen after that, I'd be present to that, was how I responded to my friend's genuine concern. Now, from my own past history, I'm aware that in adverse situations, an inner strength kicks in and we become resourceful and deal with whatever happens. And I know that from being in New York City on September the 11th, from being diagnosed with a stage four cancer and numerous bone breakages from cycling accidents, I've experienced some diverse situations, you might agree. So as I reflect now, I could say that it's a resilience that kicks in. And as the positivity strategist, I've been trained and I appreciate and I teach a positive worldview called appreciative inquiry. And this positive change method includes knowing and working to your own character strengths and building your own capacity to create a life that focuses on well-being, not only for yourself, but for others. As the town announced the shelters were opening, and this was on the Friday before the weekend of the storm, my husband Jürgen and I were in full agreement about the possibility of checking out a shelter and, ch- and taking that opportunity to stay there um, leading up to and during the hurricane, we agreed it was the safest and most responsible action we could take. We had 
his 80 or we had Jürgen's 87-year-old mother staying with us for the duration of the hurricane. We didn't want her alone in her own home. Now, she requires a wheelchair for mobility. So staying in our own home um, with her, we felt wouldn't have been fair on responders, on the first responders in the event of something really um, severe happening to us. And we were really lucky that the shelter that we chose was only two miles from our home and it was pet friendly, which was really important to us um, as we do have our adorable flat, fat, not, well, she is fat (laughs) Um, and she's fluffy and she's black and her name is Neo. So we had her with us. Um, We didn't actually have to evacuate, but we chose to do that because, as I said earlier, it seemed to be the most responsible thing to do. Now, from the moment that we lined up to register at this shelter, which was in a high school, Braden River High, we experienced people, and I'm using my frame of reference here, at their best. It was a visual smorgasbord of diversity. There were very, very young and very, very old. There were white people and black people and all colours in between. There were people with two legs, with one leg, and creatures with four legs. Dogs and cats and chickens and parrots and hamsters. Every creature was welcomed. No ID was required just your name, address, and who to contact in an emergency. And once you registered, you were required to stay the duration of the hurricane. There was no reserving a spot, and I'll come back just in case. No, you made the commitment. Lights went out at 10 o'clock, and when lockdown happened, there was no leaving the block that we were living in. They were basically the only rules. I love that demonstration of equity. Our shared humanity was honoured and respected. We were all very patient and courteous with each other. We weren't in a race to anywhere. We gratefully accepted the rooms we were allocated and shared them with the roomies who showed up. The volunteers ranged from school kids to retirees the National Guard was there, and law enforcement officers. Now, those two last groups are people that I might not ordinarily hang out with, but they were wonderful to speak to, again, very courteous, helpful, and there to be of support. They shared what they knew at the time and just were great for everybody. They kind of gave a sense of stability um, as I looked around. I offered to volunteer, but they'd had so many offers that they didn't need my service at all, Um, and that was fine too. What I so valued in that whole entire experience, as I was, I found an ability to to be truly present in the moment in those three days. From checking in on that Friday afternoon until leaving mid-morning on Monday, lining up for meals, lining up for the bathroom, watching kids line up to clean their teeth. It was all just so perfect. 
Where had my impatience, my annoyance at being inconvenienced and my judgment of others and self gone? As I watched others hang out in the schoolyard in their family or their community groups, kids were playing football and people were hugging their pets, I felt so at peace with my tribe. We had no idea what the hurricane might deliver and what our homes might be like when it was over and we didn't focus on that. We, what I noticed, um, and you might say that I noticed it because I was looking for it, was the kindness, the generosity, the hope and the possibility and the good stories that we shared there was a genuine love of how we could be helpful and courteous to others. We had a woman in our room who um, was physically challenged. Um, she needed special care. Um, she had over-medicated, and yet we were all there to support her. It was, it was just a beautiful thing to be part of. I love that people showed up, or the way that people showed up to their pets it was amazing. The pets were in their own dorms, in cages, and we could visit them during waking hours. But hours before the storm hit, we were not able to visit our pets until the curfew was lifted. That meant we couldn't see or attend to our pets for 17 hours. Now you can imagine that was pretty hard on them and us. One other thing that I noticed and was really, um, really inspired me and I admired deeply was the tweaking of the organisation as the time unfolded. For example, at the beginning of our stay, meals were announced and all 1,700 people lined up to get fed at the school cafeteria. Now, the next time, they staged the different building blocks to come in at different times making it much easier for people to not have to wait in long, long lines. And there were four lines that were being served instead of two. So those organisers were really paying attention and making it as easy as possible to cater to all of us. And the food, we were grateful for whatever was served up and appreciative of how it was delivered. The morning after the storm when the county declared the roads were safe to begin to pack up and leave, we still didn't know what our homes might be like when we finally got there. We hadn't looked at the outside world yet. We were still in the confines of a schoolyard and a very, very lovely school. And as Jürgen and I and his mother rounded the corner to our home, there was an oak tree down crossing half the road. And there was a bit of fear. But once we passed that, we saw our house still standing. You can't imagine how relieved we felt. The miracle that I'd been willing had happened. Our house was intact. And I've still never verbalized the fears that I had and the images I was suppressing about the possibilities of what might have happened. So over a meal of scrambled eggs and our first hot tea in three days, 
we began to talk about our experiences and some of the images that that we would carry forever and what gratitude we felt and that we did not experience any physical damage ourselves. And more significantly, we'd had such an experience of being at our best in the company of strangers who were at their best, doing the best that they can in a situation of not knowing, of uncertainty, and potentially life-changing, threatening circumstances. My mother-in-law was very teary during that meal and said that it had been such a positive experience for her. And I never believed that I could do something like that, was what she said. As I said, she's 87, she's in a wheelchair, and for her to have to get down on the floor and sleep on the floor was very difficult, and she did it like a trooper, and she's so proud that she did it. So after the meal, my husband took his mum back to her home, um, and thankfully that was also undamaged and um, had power reinstalled. That's why we took her back, and naturally she wanted to to go back to her, her own home and see it there. And when they drove off, I put on some soulful music, And for me, the tears began. They poured down my face. I sobbed. All the build-up from the days before, the preparations, the decision-making about what to do, the, the respite of actually living with my new wonderful community in the shelter, I was able to now let go of all of that. I felt enormous gratitude and relief and love. We were so fortunate and I feel so privileged to tell my story through my lens of appreciation and gratitude and feeling safe. And I had tears also for those who are still living in uncertainty and trying to make sense for their future as they continue to clean up from natural disasters wherever they are and whatever the cause, whether they're hurricanes or flooding or earthquakes or tsunamis, and wherever they are in the world. I just know that I'm changed by my personal experience and I will take the positive images that I chose to focus on and those feelings that got me and my family through, I carry those into the future being totally strengthened by my experience. You can see some images of our time in the shelter, which I'll share on the show notes page of this episode. And this is episode positivitystrategist.com slash PS74. Also, you can be notified of new episodes by email. Links to all these suggestions are available on positivitystrategist.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening and remember, what you focus on grows, so grow towards your best.